Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. It is great to be here. I have a really exciting guest who is on the cutting edge of everything that we consider reality (laughs) right now. The last uh, few months and year has been a lot of diving into talking to folks who are working in virtual reality, augmented reality, blockchain, artificial intelligence, and a lot of this is all combining to create really unique experiences that are going to be leveraged not only in business but in consumer activations as well. And I was recently attending the um, E3 conference, which is the big gaming conference in Los Angeles that happens around the spring-summer every year. And I got to see some of the stuff that this gentleman is up to. So we are very excited to introduce David Warhol, who is the CEO of real-time theatrics. Let's have a big tech cat hand for David Warhol. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. Uh, Very generous introduction and appreciate it. Well, it was. Um, I, I was totally blown away by the um, by the demo that you showed me. But before we get to that, give us a sense of your background and how you uh, crafted the company, Theatrics, Real Time Theatrics. I'm going to call it Theatrics. But uh, tell us all about your background. Sure. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, um, I'm a, a video game developer by trade. I started uh, working in video game development in 1982. I was one of the Mattel Electronics programmers when they had the Intellivision console. So it was an exciting time when. The industry was just getting started, and I, uh, I programmed a few games for them. Uh, in 1984, 1985, saw a video game crash, uh, the video game market crash when computer games started up. And so then I, uh, I uh, started developing music and sound effects for a bunch of different companies, Electronic Arts, Lucasfilm Games, uh, until the video game market got a little more healthy again. Then I jumped back into that and founded Real-Time Associates, which is my video game label. Uh, we developed for the 8-bit Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, the Genesis, all those platforms, uh, PlayStation, uh, Sega Saturn. Uh, and uh, we have over 100 commercially released video game titles, mostly like family-friendly stuff, side-scrollers, cartoon kind of things. Um, as the game market got uh, a little more hardcore, I, uh, I shifted my business into working in some peripheral markets, like uh, serious games, games for health, trainers, things like that, and then uh, continued developing games as the mobile platforms came out, uh, web-based content, things like that. So I've been developing video games for over 30 years, uh, and then when uh, VR started to become a reality, uh, that really caught my attention because now there's tens of thousands of people developing games, but not so many people in VR and and mixed reality, which is what I'm doing. So about three years ago, I started this initiative, Real-Time Theatrics, which is is a 360-degree 3D interactive theater for a group of up to 15 people. It's like a walk-in video game. And uh, we've got a, a prototype of that in our uh, Los Angeles studios here. Uh, and then uh, also uh, what caught your attention was the uh, was a telegraphic, uh, holographic telepresence where we're digitizing uh, human beings, uh, transmitting them over the 5G network and reconstructing them in another location uh, in full 3D that you can walk around them and things like that. So... Uh, so a lot of game and game technology that's, that's uh, being rebranded, I would say, into consumer uh, entertainment, location-based entertainment. 
God, um, so everything you said is really exciting, but I want to break it down for folks that aren't in the business per se and, and you know, set up a, a little bit of a background for some of these these um, trends. So let's start with your holographic um, telepresence project. So as, as a, a gaming a guy, and you're, a, you're someone that is hired to build these experiences for different companies. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, uh, traditionally I've offered work for hire where people will come to me for whatever specialty uh, we have. I do a lot of music projects, for example. My background is in, I have a, a degree in music. Uh, so, so people will come to us with projects uh, and hire uh, real-time associates or real-time theatrics uh, to develop something like that. And in this case, AT&T was excited to show what's possible using the 5G network. Uh, well, why would anybody bother upgrading to 5G? So... Uh, I have an uh, industry colleague at AT&T who reached out to me and, and asked us to create this demo. So it's a, right now it's a technical demonstration of what's possible using 5G technology. Uh, eventually it could get rolled in to uh, become productized, but AT&T is using this at trade shows, trade events, to show people um, what's, you know, why, what's, what's the exciting thing about, uh, about uh, faster uh, traffic and... Um, and, yeah, being able to, instead of doing a Skype where you're just looking at somebody's picture in front of you, to be able to reconstruct a, uh, an entire human being in full 3D in front of you is one of the things that, uh, that they want to show is, is the future. And, and so, yeah, that, that's, that's, uh, that's what we've done. And, and we're continuing to enhance that. We have another show in Austin at the beginning of August where we're going to show the next generation of it. Uh, it's coming along really well. So let's talk about 5G just for one second, because, again, I want to step our audience through all of this this exciting madness. So 5G is the next protocol, basically, for connectivity, right, for all these telecom uh, companies. And um, right now we're in the land of 4G. What will 5G bring us that we didn't have before? Well, 5G has, I don't know, something like 10 times the, the data communication rate that uh, that 4G does, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the same technology that that uh, 5G wireless routers use that kind of super fast bandwidth. But in the case of wireless routers, it's limited to uh, 50 feet, 100 feet, uh, and what what uh, 5G uh, in a nationwide rollout looks like is that the, you'll have that connectivity over the course of miles. So uh, the super fast bandwidth will allow you to do uh, multiple things or things that, that uh, would normally choke up your, uh, your phone or things that would be uh, static. And you can stream a movie, sure, that, that works uh, pretty well now, but, but streaming uh, somebody in uh, a 3D representation of somebody, there's just too much data to do that uh, using the conventional network. So um, one, of, one of the... Uh, the, the group I'm working with in AT&T is brainstorming, so what can we do differently? Uh, and the uh, a 3D representation of a human being being transmitted uh, is, uh, is one of the things they came up with. And, and that's uh, the concept uh, of, of this, this hologram version of yourself. So the idea is by you creating these demos, a consumer will opt to upgrade their system um, and then are the, is the reason, I'm just trying to get to the background of this so we can get nerd out on the actual technology that you've built because it's so cool. <laughs> but just to set the stage for this, so the reason that 
AT&T is doing this is because I, as a consumer, I'm going to have to agree to upgrade my system. It's not going to be just, it's not going to just happen and it's going to cost me more or I'm going to have to swap out current equipment that I have. Is that the strategy? They have to sell me into this first? Is that well, why? If you've, got, if you've got a 4G phone, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll work on their, on their networks just fine and you'll continue to use it that way. Uh, but when you start seeing what's possible uh, when you're considering your next phone purchase, you may opt to get one that's 5G enabled. Got it. And so, so they're trying to, because they're at, because they they seem to be like E3 is an interesting conference because it's partially uh, a business conference, um, but it's also partially um, a consumer conference, like a gamer conference. And they've gone up and down in attendance based on sort of their strategy. But this year. In particular, there are a ton of gamers there, and they created a, you know, a gamer pass. And so there was industry there, business people building out gaming, but also a lot, a lot of consumers. So here you are at a consumer trade show, showing off what 5G will be to get people excited. And then from a gamer perspective, culturally, they're all looking at ways to create a version of themselves to put inside of these games because many of these games have some sort of avatar-like version of themselves. So this idea of a gamer being able to place themselves in an environment is normal to them because that's what they do daily when they're playing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's, uh, that's a possibility as well. So, so part of this is also... When you start to tell your story about all of this, it's also building off of what people understand. Um, and then your this holographic telepresence project, which I actually love, would basically, I'd be on the phone with you like right now, and you could holographically, I don't know how you say the verb. <laughs> you could you send, a, send a version of yourself talking to me right now in the room, basically. Are you inventing a verb right now? I think I think I, I might. I think I might right be. I mean, I'm I'm trying to set the stage both from the business perspective and the consumer perspe- perspective because it, it really is exciting what you've done, and I want everyone to sort of understand why this is important. But you know, from a business perspective, AT and T is doing this because they're going to be rolling out this 5G network. They want everyone to opt into it. It's going to cost consumers money to swap out equipment. But from people like you who are inventing our future, it's going to create all these new use cases. And one of them is creating a 360 version of yourself that shows up in my office and talks to me. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's a good business to a business, to business uh, case might be that if you equip a conference room with two or three cameras just positioned around the room, uh, then by scanning and digitizing the participants in that room, then we can transmit that over the 5G network and anybody who's equipped with a 3D display uh, can see the people as they are in that room. And you've seen this demonstrated in any number of movies or science fiction movies, but the technology works now with 5G. That's so, so crazy. Uh, business, might be, yeah, might, might be a conference room that's enabled where you can walk around and look at people as they're either standing or sitting there uh, and... Um, a consumer that what, what excites me about the consumer use uh, of this is that uh, we can put we can put celebrities talent we can put your friends in your living room with you if you're playing a game say uh, we could have a shoutcaster on your couch virtually sitting there who is narrating what's going on on a game that you may be watching uh, uh, live streamed or something like that or my favorite example is 
say there's uh, Eric Clapton doing an unplugged tour, uh, he could be sitting in a studio somewhere with, with a couple cameras around him, and he could be sitting right there in my living room, and I can walk around and see him from any angle while he's performing right there as if he, as he's just a few feet away from me. Uh, and all of that is done live as well. It can be completely interactive. God, that is so exciting. All right, now we're going to have to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to now start to get into what you've actually done now that we know the environment we're talking about. And the, and the most exciting thing about this really is that finally Princess Leia will be able to tell Obi-Wan Kenobi about what what she needs for reals. So, <laughs> so what Dave exactly. is actually is doing is yeah. building out, you know, fan fiction for everyone for real. Um, and so, and it's so exciting. All right. So we're going to dig more into Dave Warhol's the CEO of theatrics. Who's doing all sorts of amazing things with holograms and the future of 5g and you know, how the world is really going to be very soon. So we'll be back in a moment with, with Dave um, taking us through every single Star Trek and Star Wars franchise. <laughs> <laughs> in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to Lori at TechCat.tv. That's Lori at TechCat.tv. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Tech Cat Show. We have been talking to the fabulous David Warhol, who's the CEO of Real Time Theatrics, and Dave has been playing with all sorts of really cool technologies, building out demos to demonstrate the, the future of connectivity. And we were just talking about his current um, holographic telepresence project where you could actually, um, you know, holographically present yourself in a meeting and all the different people could actually be in the room um, as holographs. And, and that requires everyone to have the same technology, right, wherever they are. What, what kind of technology do they need in order to, you know, receive the holograph and then also project the holograph? Like, is it, is it right. simple There's, stuff? Uh, great question. It's, uh, it's, uh, what's required is one or more 3D cameras, uh, and uh, Microsoft has one called the, the Connect is uh, one that we're using. There's another one uh, that we support also uh, from Intel called RealSense. But they're specialized cameras that 
capture objects in 3D and tell a computer not just the 2D picture, uh, but the 3D, the depth. It adds a depth buffer to a 2D picture. Uh, and so anybody who wants to use this technology would need to get uh, a uh, 3D camera. That, that works just fine. Uh, and then anybody who wants to see it in 3D needs a device that they could use to see it in 3D. Now, in the simplest case, a lot of people use augmented reality by holding their phone up and, you know, Pokemon Go style where you're moving your phone around. So the display device could be as simple as a cell phone where um, I'm, I'm panning my phone around a room and then I see the person in 3D as I look through my phone superimposed in the room. So that's, that's the simplest display device, but that would just be a 2D display. Uh, if you wanted to see somebody in 3D, then what you need is an augmented reality headset uh, like the Microsoft HoloLens is what we're using. Uh, Magic Leap is coming out with one soon enough. And uh, so it, it, if you want to see somebody in 3D, then it, it requires a special headset while you're doing it. So everyone in the meetings that wants to experience this will be wearing some sort of device on their head in order to experience the other human beings. Do we imagine an environment where eventually the, the need to wear something will go away? Uh, yeah, and that's another thing that, that AT&T is promoting as well. Now, the one of the advantages of 5G is the speed with which it connects uh, users to the, to the cloud and computing devices. But there's a concept called edge computing where, where all of the data processing that you might normally do in your 3D display on your head or on your computer is being done at the cloud level and then transmitting just the, uh, the answers or the visual representation over the 5G network. So, uh, so ultimately, uh, people will be able to get super lightweight glasses that have no computing power in them, per se. They're not, they're not video game systems, or they don't have GPUs, graphic processing units, anything like that. Uh, like right now, the HoloLens is a relatively heavy device. You can get a super lightweight pair of glasses that all it's doing is connecting to the 5G network, and then we're offloading all of that processing onto the cloud, and again, just sending the, uh, sending the ultimate images to your glasses. So uh, nothing like that exists yet, but once 5G gets a nationwide rollout, we'll, we'll start seeing super lightweight devices that uh, then you are only wearing a light pair of glasses uh, that, that you could experience all of this with. God, that is so, so cool. All right, so um, I, I'm totally into that. I, I do hate putting things on my face, but I know that we are in this world right now where that's <laughs> part of it. Because um, I, I was just telling a story uh, at an event recently where if you look at use cases and say a man and a woman are out on a date for the first time and you want to go to a location-based entertainment center where there's a lot of VR arcades or AR experiences, you know, women do not like to put things on their faces, especially if they're wearing a lot of makeup and things like that. So it's going to be interesting as we move through this sort of early day version of all this technology, um, how we get to the next place with it, right? Because a lot of us don't want mm. to put things on our face. Um, or, yeah. or, you know, in the case with me, I wear glasses because I'm really nearsighted. And I often find that those different goggles, both AR and VR, don't account for that. Um, so I can't see anything. <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know Princess Leia is there, but she's blurry. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, is that something you guys talk about when you're building these right, experiences? Right. Well, uh, there's, 
Um, yeah, the uh, most of the hardware manufacturers contemplate uh, that they that that people have glasses, uh, and the Hololens, for example, is designed to go over that. And there's another technology I'm using where, yeah, if you you just slip it on over your um, your glasses, and that then that'll work fine. Um, uh, interestingly enough, the the other project I'm working on. Um, uh, one of the one of the you, you mentioned uh, location based entertainment, and you mentioned um, uh, uh, going out and, and experiencing doing social things. Uh, the um, when when you go into a VR arcade right now, the hardware that they're using is super heavy. The the, the headset is over a pound. Uh, you strap a computer onto your back, and it's uh, it's cumbersome and. A lot of the experiences that are out there are only like five to fifteen minutes long, uh, because it's just people don't want to have that stuff on them for that for that long. And there's a the the other project I'm working on, theatrics, uh, addresses that with a super lightweight headset and a, a belt clip that would make it be I would say less user friction, you might say, uh, in order to uh, go out and participate and, and have fun with some state of the art experiences. It's um, it's just a mind blow to me how many things you know are in the consideration set now, like in terms of the world that we're you know, we're slowly moving into. All right, so we we've been setting the stage for this other conversation, which is to talk about another project called uh, theatrics. But what, one thing I did want to ask you before we move into that is, you know, you mentioned 3D cameras a lot, and it's funny again use cases and language. Like when you say 3D cameras, I immediately think of, you know. Um, the television sets that were a big failure and the stereoscopic sort of experiences, not not 3D as it relates to holograms and, and sort of presenting that. So it'll be interesting, again, from the consumer use case, how our language explains things, um, because mm. 3D means something differently to me um, because of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, part of what what AT&T is emphasizing is not just, hey, let's do it as a gimmick, but what could you physically not do or what would be a, a real reason to use this instead of, well, I can do it. It's like, well, I, I couldn't do it any other way or this, is the, this, is, this technology creates an entirely new experience, a, a revolutionary, not evolutionary. A, a 3D TV might be evolutionary, but having a, a human uh, digitized and standing in your living room that you're walking around is uh, revolutionary. So uh, uh, I think that's the, uh, I've shied away from the, either the gimmicky or the, hey, wouldn't this be a cool kind of thing and, and into the ones that, that you, there's just no other way you could do it without these advanced technologies. I totally get it. I, I, and I love that. All right. So we have holographic telepresence over to the left now. So now let's jump into your, <laughs> um, <laughs> I know it's like, uh, it's so many cool things. Um, and again, I love it that it's under this um, umbrella of 5G. But um, so you have your holographs, people showing up, you're having conferences and, and things like that. So the next project under 5G is theatrics. So tell us about theatrics. Okay. All right. Well, theatrics is a 360 degree 3D uh, floor to sky interactive theater for up to 15 people, 15, 18 people, something like that. There are so many different influences that it has. It's a, um, it's, uh, for, for people who are familiar with the Star Trek universe, it's essentially the holodeck. 
so what we're doing is is creating a 3D world around people rather than putting 3D objects in the world. So I want to introduce a, a, a term. Well, there's, we all know what virtual reality is, right? You've got a headset on, and you can 100% synthetic world around you. You can't see anything else other than the computer-generated imagery, and that's virtual reality. And then there's augmented reality, which kind of has two use cases now. One is your Pokemon Go's or the the idea that you take a cell phone and, and then it'll digitally add a character into the real world. So you're seeing the real world, but you're also seeing this digital character in it. And, and then there's the, uh, like the HoloLens or the Magic Leap, where you're wearing a headset and we're introducing digital objects into the real world, uh, uh, that, uh, like the holograms and all that. But for, for me, mixed reality is a different term altogether, which is, where I'm taking the real world and putting it, it into a digital scenario, or I'm, I'm putting everybody around us in a, in a uh, synthetic or a computer graphic uh, world. So, so uh, imagine uh, another way to think about it is to, uh, is to uh, if you've got a video game sitting in front of you on a big 70-inch TV or something like that, what would that video game look like if you poked your head inside the TV set and looked around and then you climbed through the TV set and you were standing in this video game world and then you ask uh, 15 of your friends to come on through the TV set and you're all walking around in this, in this 3D world. So that's what mixed reality, uh, that's how I use the term mixed reality, uh, where, uh, where it's real world objects in a synthetic world as opposed to uh, putting synthetic objects in the real world. That's great. And before we get into theatrics and the, and the use cases, we're going to take a break. But um, I did get to, I was in a smaller demo version of theatrics, right? At E3, that's kind of where you put me. Am I correct? Uh, you, uh, no, you have not seen the theatrics yet. It's, oh, I haven't. Uh, was, I, was I doing the yeah, hel- holographic it. telepresence then? Uh, that, like- yeah, that was holographic telepresence. What, what, what we have here is it, it requires a, uh, a stage that you walk into, but then uh, every, instead of walls, you're seeing 3D interactive imagery. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Um, I'm going to remember not to have, uh, you know, had any cocktails or anything else before I show up. But, <laughs> but anyway, okay, we're going to be just back. Just afterwards, then. That's fine. <laughs> it's just okay. afterwards, right. Um, we're going to be back in a moment with David Walho, who's the CEO of Real Time Theatrics and who's helping uh, blow my mind a little bit, but also um, sort of setting the stage for what will be the future of our world. So we'll be back in a moment on the Tech Cat Show. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody, and we are back on the Tech Cat Show. We're talking to David Wahal, CEO of Real Time Theatrics, who's explaining to us all the fantastic new technologies coming down the road holographs, VR, AR, mixed reality, real true use cases that will be powering the future of our business experiences as well as our consumer experiences. And so David was just jumping into another project called Theatrics, which is basically a 360-degree 3D interactive theater. And again, we, we uh, you use the the analogy of the holodeck for, for Star Trek, which we all relate to. So tell us more about what, what, what would happen in that environment. Okay, yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, so what theatrics is is it's an entertainment format first and foremost. Uh, I mean, my background is in video games and I love to to get people engaged. But uh, it's uh, uh, one way to look at it. If you've done an escape room, imagine what an escape room would be like if if it was inside a video game or an escape room experience being in a you know twenty five foot thirty foot uh, cylindrical room where we can change whatever is happening uh, on the walls. We can introduce characters, have dinosaurs walking around, uh, all in 3D, all fully interactive. So our concept with theatrics is an entertainment format where audiences come in and either watch a short subject, maybe, or interact with a short subject, rather, uh, maybe 15 minutes, or ideally uh, a full-length feature, an hour-plus feature that tells a story. So it's part movie where it's got a whole story that evolves. It's part video game because you're interacting with it at every moment. And it's a part of an escape room because the audience interacts with each other as the story unfolds. People are collaborating, solving puzzles, uh, perhaps doing action sequences together, or, or simply looking for hidden objects in the environment around you in order to progress the story. So that's uh, our... This would entirely be, this is entirely a location-based experience where you've got this specialized theater uh, where you buy a ticket to go in and, like I say, either a short 15 minutes or you're in the the whole story uh, and uh, interacting with life-size virtual objects standing all around the audience. Wow. So is... is, um is again is the use case that there would be a pre-written experience that would have already been created and people just acted out kind of I mean what are the how does it play out well it, it's it's uh, definitely it's pre-scripted content it's like a video game where or a movie where somebody's written it and uh, produced all the assets and all that uh, but in in our case you're not just watching it if you think about film technology, it's 120 years old. You're sitting in a chair looking at one wall, uh, and I like to say, as much as you yell at Harry Potter, he's not going to hear you. He doesn't even know you're there. So what would a movie be like if instead of it being just on one wall, completely surrounded the audience, including the sky, 
uh, and that when you interact with the characters in the movie or in the, in the entertainment format, they're interacting back with you. The audience then becomes part of the story and progresses the story, helping the characters that are in the story. Uh, and, and the characters in the story even acknowledge individual audience members. Uh, because we know where people are standing in the theater, we can have fictional characters, digital characters, walk up and acknowledge individual characters. So our, our feeling is that in this format, we're in the movie, uh, influencing the outcome of the movie. And very much like a video game where there's story-based video games where the, uh, an individual can make decisions to uh, advance the plot or move it. But this is a highly social experience where where the audience members are collaborating with each other and deciding how they want to either solve something or address any challenges that are there. So, again, um, just because I've been in all these conversations about location-based entertainment and how they're creating these environments, this, again, seems ripe for theatrical talent, for writers and directors of theater who um, can really create experiences that really submerge someone in, a, in an environment, more, more so than film people. Am I, am mm -hmm. I wrong in that, or is that, is that no, how it feels to you? You are is absolutely spot on. Another reason we're calling it theatrics is that this is more like being on stage with actors while a play is going on, and that the playwright has acknowledged that there's extra people in the script that are the audience members uh, that influence the outcome. So it's very much, it's, it's absolutely theatrical in the sets, in the way the sets are laid out. Uh, and one of the things that theater has that, that film and television, uh, uh, well, film and television will do cuts, quick cuts. Hey, here's a close-up, here's an establishing shot, something like that. In a theatrics performance, it's more like a stage play where you've got a whole scene that happens uh, and then it might fade out, fade in or to a different location, uh, it, but, but that, that the audience is on stage with the uh, digital actors uh, as they're doing that. So, yeah, you put your finger right on it. So um, in, in terms of the storytelling, um, people will, you, you, feel, you think this is going to be like LBE, where people show up to experience theatrics, you know, they know they're going to walk into this environment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, we'll we'll be set up at locations. Each location will have a couple of theaters. Uh, each theater accommodates about fifteen people, and people will show up. And uh, in our case, uh, one of the differentiators for us is we have super lightweight headsets. They're only like four ounces, and then there's another light a lightweight belt clip uh, computing device that's it's like the Nintendo Switch but a little more powerful, uh, and then. With, well, you just put that on and, and your glasses on, and then you're walking around in the theater uh, experiencing all of these, the, the 3D story going on around you. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, there'll be, like an escape room, there'll be some people that you go there with, and there'll be some strangers. I like to say that uh, in the pre-show, or as we're getting people in the theater, say, say hi to somebody that you've never met yet, because in about 15 minutes, they're going to save your life. Because whatever's going on in the story uh, is going to... Uh, the, the people in the theater are going to be interdependent on one another to make sure that uh, well that, that that has the outcome or the intended outcome of the story. God, um, I, I'm blown away by the potential of this. All right, so does does is AT and T excited about this as well, um, or is that separate? Like, are they involved with this project as well? 
they're not involved in this one. They, they, the, uh, 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 this is an entirely uh, different initiative of, of, of my company. Uh, AT&T, may, there may be a, a use case where we end up transmitting these things over 5G as well, but uh, the immediate future of theatrics is that uh, everything happens at that one location, uh, in that one location. Uh, some other interesting use cases are we could have two audiences playing a game against one another, uh, one group of 15 people in a 3D environment, kind of in a wizard war with another group of 15 people at another location. So that would be another, that would be a way that we could... I, by the way, you just showed, show, showed off your, your geekness by saying a wizard war, because um, if I was going to give an example, <laughs> I would not have said wizard war. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so you ju- you just um, showed your uh, anyway. <laughs> well, your yeah, Dungeons and Dragons it's childhood. A holodeck. <laughs> it's, it's a it's a holodeck. We can do whatever we want in there. That's right. I mean, it is just literally so cool. What what's coming down the pike? Um, and uh, how do you get inspired for these different things? Are you out and about at different trade shows, playing with the latest technology? Like, how do you? As a, you know, because really, in so many ways, you're a technology strategist because you're coming up with new ideas based on what's being presented with you, and then creating new opportunities. So, well, how do you keep ahead of all this stuff? Huh. You know, I never really thought about that, but now that you mention it, I'd have to say the roots of that is that because in the early '80s, uh, electronics and digital media were at, at such an early stage. I was a microprocessor programmer, writing an assembly language in hardware, and I collaborated with hardware designers uh, to create circuits that did things. Oh, like, I don't know if you remember that old, the, the Mattel Power Glove, for example. Yeah, uh, yeah I was, the, I was the, uh, the software hardware contractor for that, where we developed the operating system for it, and we, uh, I worked with the, uh, the guys uh, who were making the bend sensors and things like that. So, so, so always, I've seen what can be done with technology and creativity at a really fundamental level, at an, at an atomic or a subatomic level. And so that when I see devices or technologies that are rolling out, my go-to is what's, how can this be used either to entertain or what could be done with this that's, that's really cool at a fundamental level. So I, I think that, that when, when, I'm, when I embrace or see technologies, it goes to the rather than the, the the top level. It goes all the way down to the roots of it uh, to to get an understanding of how it can be used to uh, to entertain. Um, so where do I go? Yeah, trade shows. Uh, I was the game developers conference, uh, E3, uh, big ones there. There's a whole slew of the virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality uh, conferences coming out now, VRX. I know that the game developers conference people are creating a, a VR developers conference. Uh, and, and every, every month I'm hearing about other opportunities for people to get together a VRLA. I know you're familiar with that one, um, which incidentally we showed VR, we showed theatrics at VRLA like three years ago in a, in a really early stage. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, the trade shows, um, Really, it's in networking and, and the, the uh, group of people that I, I know, just people know people who know people. And, and uh, that's how I got involved with theatrics was uh, a friend of mine started this company with a, a new head-mounted display. It's not released yet, uh, but I, I knew about it when it was on the drawing board and said, geez, how can I use this in a, in a revolutionary way? 
Um, you know, I just th- think you're the, the geekiest, most delightful man. So um, we're going to <laughs> we're going to take a little break now um, and finish up in our last segment. I want to hear about what trends you see coming down the pike and what we could be looking out for. So we're going to be um, back in a moment with David Warhol, who's the CEO of Real Time Theatrics, finding out about you know, what technology is coming down the pike to submerge us in even more immersive experiences. Back on the Tech Cat Show in a moment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology. StoryTech, a boutique agency, empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message, engage your customers, and raise the bottom line. How do you track and exploit the trends? How do you stay ahead of industry disruption? And how do you maximize profit from content? From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform. Innovate. Create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everybody. It is Lori H. Schwartz. We are back on the Tech Cat Show. We have just been um, getting all this exciting information about the future of experiences with David Warhol, who's the CEO of Real-Time Theatrics. And David's been setting the stage for what all this new technology is going to do, both from a business perspective and also from a consumer perspective. So, David, I'm just wondering, what do you see coming down the pike in terms of trends? Like, what's really exciting you based on the fact that you're kind of building out the future yourself? <laughs> uh, well, the, the thing that excites me the most is what's happening with location-based entertainment, uh, which it, it, film uh, movie, movie viewership is going down. People can uh, experience uh, films in their living rooms just as comfortably as they can, and even more comfortably than in the theater, costless, what, what have you. Uh, so, so there's nothing, there's this, there's this demand for people to get out and socialize. Uh, to be with other people, to go to a place. Uh, and so what excites me the most are the ways that we can entertain using these technologies that haven't been available before uh, in, the, uh, in the, I would say, in the public forum. Uh, and, and, the, uh, and, and especially ways to get people to interact with each other. Uh, video games are a solo experience. When you're sitting in a movie theater, it's a solo experience. Yeah, there's a bunch of people around you, but you're not supposed to talk. And... So, so what's, what's exciting to me are these places that you can't, these things you can't do at home. You've got to get out and, and experience them with other people. Uh, so uh, location-based entertainment and the, the thing that, that, that I geek out the most uh, about, and that's, that's really why I'm so excited about theatrics. 
Um, and what about um, anything else in home? Are there things happening in home that you think will be really insane? Well, let's see. The uh, gamers are, are connecting. Esports is a is a really big thing now. Uh, where where uh, interestingly enough, people aren't just playing games; they're watching other people play games. When you've got somebody that's a real master at playing, uh, that, that this is a, a, a fantastic trend. Uh, a new uh, way to way to entertain yourself at home. Uh, yeah, the computers will get better and better, and your images will get better and better. Uh, VR hasn't taken off at home, but I, you know, it's um, there's a chicken and an egg problem there. People don't want to necessarily spend three grand for a for a VR setup, and then but then that means that people making the VR experiences don't have an audience to write to, so that they're very short and not necessarily very deep experiences. Uh, but part of that is because of how uncomfortable the gear is to wear uh, as well. So in the, home, in, the, in the home arena, as headsets get lighter and as we see like this edge computing, for example, can enable some of this stuff or um, uh, even in-home uh, lighter, lighter equipped uh, uh, headsets, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll start seeing some, some things there too. But again, the, the, I, I love the idea of people, uh, people matter. And that's one of the taglines of theatrics is that, is that we make people matter. We get people to interact with one another rather than just huddling down at home, uh, getting them out and, and experiencing uh, friends and strangers alike. And is a lot of this also happening? I mean, we talk about this all the time, but it's all these different things that are coming together. So a lot of it is because AI is involved in allowing us to, to do all this. It's the 5G you know, it's the how how fast moving all this immersive technology is. Are we setting up a world where we'll never leave our homes, ever, because of what you're talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's possible. I, I once went to a I once went to a conference where a futurist was speaking, and he said that in twenty or thirty years, we won't know the difference between people we meet in the real world and people we've met online, or we, our relationships will be just as deep with people on the other side of the planet as they are here. Uh, you know that's yeah that that'll happen. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to. Uh, I've had great uh, relationships with people I've never met in uh, uh, all the way back in EverQuest, right? Where right, where I right. never met these people. But uh, um, uh, yeah, I think uh, um, yeah, uh, people may want to stay home, but then it's those experiences that you can only have out in the real world that um, that we're that we're very excited about. I mean, um, it, it certainly paints an exciting future. Um, I, I was immediately thinking when you were talking about the telepresence solution that, you know, one of the best things about being a consultant is you're working from home. So you can kind of, you know, be in a T-shirt and shorts and not really have put your makeup on or brushed your hair. And now all of a sudden you're, we're back to you have to actually get up and be presentable when you're having these telepresence. Unless you could sub out a different version of yourself. Is that going to be something that's going to happen too? There you go. You got yeah, you, you answered your own question. <laughs> through machine learning, through machine learning, uh, once if you've got a setup at home that's looking at that's recording you in your gestures, your expressions, etc. Through machine learning, you could uh, speak while you're in your shorts without any makeup on, driving an avatar version of you that's exact exactly as expressive as you and exactly as uh, you know, however you want to present yourself. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's coming 
uh, that's coming as well. So like a taller th- version if I wanted one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever that avatar looks like, Ready Player One kind of, kind of stuff. Right, um, right, right. Microsoft, Microsoft has a new initiative called Azure, I believe it's called, where uh, it's taking these Connect, uh, next generation Connect, capturing your imagery, bringing it up to the cloud, and then doing the processing required to be able to replicate yourself, um, replicate yourself in, in any avatar form that, that you'd like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it certainly talks about uh, there's going to be obviously privacy issues and security issues and all of that that we're already dealing with, but it also sort of sets up um, a world where, to your point, you can have really solid relationships with people in a way that you never could before. Now, we're going to have to log off, but where can people find out more about what you're doing? Well, uh, we're, uh, we're a little bit in, uh, we're in the... Uh we call it that uh, stealth uh, skunkworks mode here. So yeah. stealth mode, stealth mode. Uh, we do have a website, Theatrics Inc. That's Theatrics with an X, uh, Inc. Uh, dot com, uh, where uh, where you will be releasing information as it as it goes. Uh, there's a, a trade show in Austin, the beginning of of August, uh, that uh, that will be showing the technology out. Of the, the name of the show escapes me at the moment. Um, that's that's for the telegraphic hole of presence, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, we just keep uh, keep an eye on theatrics and keep an ear out. Now, there's a lot of location-based entertainment centers popping up, uh, but they're all using virtual reality, where uh, you've got these very heavy rigs, very uncomfortable rigs, very short-form entertainment. So, keeping an eye on what's happening in that arena, uh, eventually we're going to see some more innovation, our own included where we're solving some of those issues that, uh, that is holding the industry back right now, I feel. Uh, right, it's, right, it's just, right. It's, it's lots of potential, it, but not Yeah, it'll, it'll be more of the mixed reality solutions rather than the, the mm-hmm. VR solutions. Yeah. I, I love that. Well, we've been chatting with David Walhall, who is setting the stage for the future, CEO of Real Time Theatrics. It's been so exciting to talk to you, um, hearing about theatrics and also your telepresence holographic uh, product so keep your eyes open check out theatrics when you get a chance and thank you so much david for sharing all of your vision and uh, all the exciting things that are coming down the 5g future for us right well thank you very much for having me i really appreciate it and and uh and uh delighted to share and and uh appreciate it i'm I'm sure i'll see some version of you soon (laughs) (laughs) bye everybody hopefully we'll be talking to someone just as interesting next week see you hear you soon talk to you soon and maybe see you in a 3d environment soon thanks so much for listening to the tech cat show please join Lori h schwartz again for another great program next wednesday at 4 p.m eastern time 1 p.m pacific time on the voice america business channel and syndicated to the voice america women's channel 